You're listening to The Champions Pod with Waka Hussein and Nisar Khan. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and pretty much all other major platforms. And we're back after... Well, it's been like five months, hasn't it? Felt like five years though. Yeah, we're finally back with another episode of the Champions Pod, episode three. Welcome back, thanks very much for joining in. And we've got quite a bit to talk about today. Obviously, there's been a lot of sport, thankfully, going on since we had a little break. And uh, we've got the new Premier League season coming up as well, so... We've got that to look forward to as well. But yeah, Nisar, how have you been doing and how have you enjoyed the comeback of sports? It's been great, actually. I don't know how I coped for... How long were we without sport for? It's been three, four months and, at least. You know, but then things got back on track and, you know, the world's slowly getting back to normality with or without face masks, with or without <laughs> social distancing. And yeah, we're here. We made it. Uh, thankfully, I've not been too affected by COVID. I've actually enjoyed it. Um, Knock on wood that I still enjoy the rest of this ride. Yeah, so yeah it's, been, it's been good. Yeah, and we'll be talking a little bit later on in the podcast about which sports have dealt really well with the coronavirus pandemic and which sports haven't done so well. But first of all, we're going to be looking forward to jumping straight into it with our Premier League predictions for the upcoming season. We're just going to be going off the dome. We haven't done any in-depth research or anything. Just our gut feeling for this one, really. So... First of all, is there any big talking points you want to approach or...? Well, the one thing that will change the whole complexion of the season is if the Messi deal yeah. happens. So, I think... I'm, I'm not really sure what's going to happen. If, if, if Man City get Messi, are they title favourites? I'd say so, but... I think there's still a long way to go before yeah. we even get to I that mean, point. He's handed in a transfer request, but his release clause is something crazy, like 700 million. And La Liga have even backed the club saying that he can't leave for free, so I don't think it's as easy as it seems. Um, and even if it is, then there's only a handful of clubs that can really afford him, aren't there? So, uh, yeah, it's, it's not, it's nowhere near done, is I guess what we're trying to say. But I am predicting another um, Liverpool City title race, and this time, I hate to say it, but I think City will come on top. Right, okay, do you want to start with the top six talk? Or I, I think I was thinking let's start with the relegation and build up to it, but... That's top six, okay. Man City, okay, Man City Liverpool, okay. Chelsea, Man United, Arsenal, and then Tottenham. So you think it'll be the same, like... The big the six, established the big, big six. six. Yeah, yeah, back to normality now. Right, okay. Not Leeds, not Sheffield, not Wolves, no. Because for me, I think Leeds, like, they used to be a... They still are a big club. They have a big following. And they've got one of the highest rated managers in Marcelo Bielsa. And they've spent quite a bit this summer. So I think they have, they have a dark horse's chance of pushing into that top six. That would be quite something if they do that. Um... I don't know if I'm predicting them to get there though, because Arsenal are investing quite a bit. Arteta's doing quite a good job. What's, what's the news on Aubameyang? Is he going to stay? It seems like it. I mean, I'm not an in the know, but I think most Arsenal fans expect him to stay. He seems happy enough at the club. But I think that 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 will help him a lot. You know, that 
I'll determine if they can contend for Champions League or not. Yeah, because even though they're rebuilding, they've got young players, they've got a world-class striker there leading the line. He's captain, right? He's captain of Arsenal? Yes. Yeah, because Xhaka got it taken off him. Um, but yeah, so with Aubameyang there leading the line, Arteta, he's already won two bits of silverware. I know the Community Shield doesn't really count, but he's beaten... He's, has he beaten Pat? No, he didn't beat Pat, but he's beaten Klopp twice, he's beaten Oli. I think he's beaten Lampard, yeah he did in the FA Cup final. So Arsenal doing well against the big clubs, uh, whereas before under Wenger and Emery, they weren't able to buy a win against the rest of their rivals. So that's definitely a promising sign for them. And yeah, I think they could challenge for the top four. Um, Yeah, they'll definitely be they'll definitely be in the top six, I think. Ahead of just to put some respect on Leicester's name, I think they'll come seventh. Oh, I forgot about Leicester. Okay. But who did they sell? They sold Chilwell. Oh actually yeah, they sold Chilwell. They might sell James Madison. Um but their their core is still there. Jamie Vardy's still there. Schmeichel and Cole. Soon true at the back. They got a good team. Brendan Rodgers. Do you think they overperformed last year? Yeah, it's yeah. a typical Brendan Rodgers. Really, they had a they had a flying start, but um, I think they were relegation form actually at the end of the season. Got getting dragged back down to reality, basically. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not expecting them to get top six again. But I, yeah, they should be top ten comfortably, along with Everton. The usual Spurs, the usual. Everton. I'd say Leeds. I don't know, I just got a feeling about Leeds for some reason. Yeah, you have, you have. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. That'll be the top nine, probably. Um, but yeah, in terms of my top six, I'll go with... I'll go Spurs in sixth, even though they were Champions League finalists just last year, but they don't excite me for some reason. Um, should we quickly discuss that um, infamous clip that's making the rounds on Twitter? Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so, if it is acting... That surely didn't make didn't make the cut on Amazon Prime. They they did not. Yeah, I think it did. So you think they actually acted that out just for Amazon Prime? Yeah. But does that make people watch? That's what it's all about. Making that, money. That undermines the integrity of the whole the whole thing. If yeah, even they're, they're, yeah. if they're making it dramatic, they're making Mourinho, who doesn't really need any drama around around him, to um, act like that and just say f off to the TV, <laughs> just to get a few likes on Twitter. Yeah, I don't really like it's it. It's probably really. just to like amplify his character. Like we know what he's like, but it's probably just to add a bit of character well, to the show. There was, there was none of that acting in probably the best sports documentary ever, The Last Dance with Michael Jordan. I only watched one episode of that. I've had I've had like six months to watch it, but no, I think there was. Which that's probably the best thing about um, lockdown. By the way, there was no sport on, but they they timed it to perfection with that documentary. Yeah, what other big sports documentaries have you watched? That's it really, I think. Last Dance. Does Last Ride count, Undertaker? Yeah, that yeah, obviously that, counts. That, was, that, was that came out around the same time. That was, yeah, that was a great time actually. Two goats. That, that is why I think people were okay with it, not having live sport on, because you had Undertaker and Michael Jordan talking about their lives on a daily, which had never, had never been seen before. Two, yeah. two goats, yeah, two goats, absolutely. Yeah, but... Yeah, this Spurs documentary, I think there's definitely going to be elements in there that are staged. I think there's only one episode out. I think it's an episode, uh, episode a week. 
Yeah, even though it's called Fly on the Wall, they must have had some direction on like what to do and what to say at certain points. But yeah. I'll we'll um, have to give it a watch. Go with Spurs in sixth, uh, just because, I don't know, they, they don't seem... I can't see them being more exciting or as explosive as the other teams, if that makes sense. Even though they have some great players and a great manager and a, you know they have their core. They lost will will Mourinho make it to the end of the season? Yeah, I think I think he'll do fine at Spurs. Like, if well, he yeah, leaves, it'll just be end of contract or something yeah. like that. Um, but yeah. He's not going to overperform with them though or take them into like, anything no. crazy. I think he's just chilling now. He's got, he got a massive payout from United, I think. So. Might as well. But yeah, go to Spurs in sixth, then uh, it's between Arsenal and United for fifth for me. At this moment, I'm thinking Arsenal, but uh, for fourth. But um, the thing about this season is the transfer window ends one month into the season, which we haven't seen for a few years. So we've got to make our predictions now before the season starts in a week's time. But And a lot will change. Yeah, United have just signed Donny van der Beek from Ajax, adding another attacking like, central midfielder, but he can be attacking as well. Um, yeah, I think United have a, have a good... They'll, they'll definitely be in the top four. They could give the other teams a push. You think so? I, I think because they've been together for a bit longer than Arsenal, it might just give them the edge. Um, particularly, you know, likes of Bruno Fernandes, Rashford, Martial up top. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably go with Arsenal in fifth. United fourth. Uh, let's just touch on Oli actually because um, he's been there for nearly two years now, and at the start, like he was on, he's on a flying run, but people were saying, "Oh, it's just oh, it's just a honeymoon sign the contract <laughs> honeymoon period." But yeah, what, what do you reckon? Is he is he legit now? Yeah, I think he is. I I, I doubted him at first. Even when he was on the win streak, I was like, "Yeah, this is just honeymoon period." You know, fresh United. But yeah, I think for the next few years he can be in charge really and do good things. Maybe, I don't know if he can take them to the title, but he can get them within, it. within touching distance. And then... I, I think, I think like, I don't rate him highly as in terms of like, in world football, he's not a top 10 manager or whatever, but I think for this club, he knows it inside out, he has a connection to it. It might just be like a one-off thing where like it works for whatever reason. And then his next job will see his true level. Because we're seeing it with a lot of players nowadays, ex-players. They're coming back to their former clubs now. We've got Andrea Pirlo at Juventus, Zidane second time at Real Madrid, Lampard, Oli. All these guys they're coming back. They're having mixed fortunes, but I think Oli, he'll get away with it. I I can't see him being sacked. Do you think that's just a tactic from the boards to like take pressure off the, off the manager? Because obviously an ex-player is not going to get as much stick as you know, someone coming out of, coming for the top job, you know, with all the credentials. Yeah, and um, I think that a lot of them are backing the manager as well. So they're really able to set their vision, set in stone and yeah, build their team from scratch really. Even though doesn't always work out as we've seen with United over the past 10 or so years they've spent a lot of money hasn't got them any closer to the title since Fergie left but 
maybe Oli is the man to get them closer. We'll see. Take the next we'll step. But yeah, I'll go with them in fourth, and then big spending Chelsea. I think I think everyone's gonna have them in the top three at least. So yeah, I'll go Chelsea third because. Some people are picking them for the title, like... Already? I think that's a bit too early. Some of our friends included. So um, just, just calm down a bit, you know? It's not career mode. In real life, players have to gel together. They might not always fit in the system. The manager needs to find the right formation. But I think maybe the next season, the season after this. Yeah, it definitely yeah. has potential to win the league title, no doubt about that. But I think this season's just a bit too early. So I'll go with Chelsea in third, maybe win a cup, might go far in the Champions League, knock out competition. Uh, and then the title race. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, like I think Liverpool are still favourites at this point, even though City have signed Torres and Ake, they're not they're not I don't think they'll get into the starting eleven. Um if Messi arrives, I know you think they're probably a shoo-in for the title, right? If, if Messi, well, if Messi arrives. And like, this might just be my bias talking, but he's, yeah, he's one of the best of all time. He's probably the best in the world right now. Um, but City's problem isn't scoring goals. That's what he's going to bring. Just, just see what I'm coming yeah. from. But they're, still, they could just they could still smash teams, outscore them. Either it gets a bit messy, like Liverpool in 2013-14. When they were, when they were just they've conceded like two or three, but they still outscore them. Yeah, but then again, they've had the firepower to do that. Like I know they had a couple of amazing seasons with a hundred and the ninety-eight points, but. I think there's a mentality issue as well in Manchester City. Maybe Pep starts to tinker too much when it comes to a clutch. Like we saw against Leon, he went with a system he hardly ever uses, and he messes. Like he's got loads of great players at his disposal, so he has a he has a headache as well in terms of picking the right. So what team. what would be your starting lineup for City with Messi based on their current players? Uh, Edison in goal. Go with. Carl Walker at right back, Laporte. Uh, uh, I read on Twitter the other day that they agreed personal terms with Koulibaly. What city? Yeah, but they haven't submitted a bid, so. Like you said, then that problem. No, yeah, no idea if that happens, but if he signs, I'd put Koulibaly there, obviously, with Laporte. Uh, left back seems to be a problem area. But uh, they were trying Cancelo there at the end of the season. So I'd probably put him there. He's a better footballer than Mendy and Zinchenko. Uh, Rodri, uh, the defensive mid. I don't know. Fernandinho is still a great player, isn't he? He's been around for ages now. I, feel I, like. I think it might be time to make a transition. Of course, he spent a lot of last season at centre-back. So we don't know what the season holds for him. But yeah, I'd put Rodri... There just to add some fresh legs to that midfield. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne, best midfielder in the world. Uh, then there's so many options in there. So 
David Silva's gone. I'd put Foden just to just to bed him in. Yeah. Like they've got a great spine anyway. Got a world class team. I think you can get away with a youngster here or there. So I'd probably put Foden and De Bruyne with uh, Rodri. Aguero up front with Sterling and then Messi. Messi, yeah. Sterling, Messi, Aguero is quite a lethal fun time. It's ridiculous. Well, I can I can imagine Messi like getting a, a, annoyed at Sterling a lot of the time because <laughs> imagine how Sterling's going to be playing with um, Messi on the pitch. Um, yeah. So, but I'm just going to go with Liverpool as the title winners again for my prediction. Uh, I don't know how likely that is, but yeah, back in the Reds to do it again. Even though they've only signed one player so far, Costas Timikas. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on it? Because you're a Liverpool fan. Like, yeah. Why are you not? Why are you not backing them? I'd, I'd love to see this win, but I think we need we need some more players. I agree, but it's a title-winning side. Why not add to it? You know, other teams add to it. There's it's not going to be as easy this season, and yeah. of course that. There is a risk that someone gets injured. As it stands, definitely, I, I agree, we need more signings, but I think we will. I think it will happen, so that's why I'm... Oh, well, well within with, the next month, yeah. or January. If we don't make signings, then it'll be difficult. There's a chance that we just focus on the league again, but uh, I, I, I have faith in, in the board and Michael Edwards to bring in the players that we need. Such as Thiago Alcantara. Is that happening then? Um, I mean, scrolling through Twitter, you just see the same updates just regurgitated in different words again yeah, and again. Yeah. Uh, so at the moment, it seems like he wants the club, Klopp wants the player, but Liverpool are in two minds whether they should pay 30 million or wait until January to sign him on a on a free transfer. Personally, I think they should just go with it because it, they've got an aging player in Milona, they've lost Adam Lallana, um, and then they're selling off players like Marco Gruage, Harry Wilson, maybe Shakiri as well. So they can definitely raise the funds, and he adds another aspect to their game because. Last year, a lot of the play was centred around the full-backs just pushing on and swinging crosses in, and sometimes long balls from the centre-backs. Uh, Thiago would be a different... He would add a bit of dynamism to the midfield, because not only is he a silky dribbler, he's got great passing ability, and he can break down the play of the opposition. So at times, if Fabinho needs a rest, he can push into that sixth position, and... Yeah, I think for a lot of years, people have said our midfield needs a world-class name because we've, had, we've got a strong spine of Alisson, Van Dijk. Okay, we, we do have Fabinho, but another name in that midfield, a world-class name. And I know that the game's not played on paper, so it might not work out, but I, I feel pretty confident that it... What's up? It's the phone. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we just had a slight interruption there. Um, obviously, I'm filming at home, and the the landline rang. Uh, people still talk on the phone apparently these days. 
But yeah, where was, where was I? I was talking about Thiago, wasn't I? Yeah. Yeah. Um, hopefully it happens. I think some people are talking about Genie Wijnaldum. He's obviously been eyed by the new Barcelona boss, Ronald Koeman. So he could be going out while Thiago comes in. If that happens, then it adds a bit of risk, I think, to Liverpool's title bid. Because Wijnaldum, he's been such an integral part of their rise. Uh, and Thiago might need some time to adapt to the Premier League. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to lose one other. I don't, I don't want to lose him either. Have you seen people, they just reply to his Twitter and Instagram with like, get out of my club, all this stuff. Why? Because like, they're so desperate for transfers, they, they think if he leaves, then Thiago is definitely going to come in. I, I so don't they, basically it. they want uh, Thiago more than one other. Yeah, I, I don't understand that at all. It's ridiculous, but yeah. I think if we keep Wijnaldum and bring in Thiago, uh, another centre-back, because obviously we lost Lovren, and I'd rather keep Shakiri than bring in another player such as Ismail Sar because I don't know, I just have a soft spot for Shakiri after that United game. Um, but yeah, I feel confident we'll do some more business and hopefully we get the title win. Let's hope so. Uh, but yeah. Let's wrap up the title talk there. Should quickly go through quick five predictions for relegation. Oh. Um. Obviously, West Brom, Fulham, and Leeds came up this season. Is he anything going down? West Brom and Fulham will go down. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Go. And. You're just googling all the teams <laughs> in the Premier League now. See, we're football experts here. Like, you don't get this anywhere else. Football's probably my. Fifth, fifth yeah, I know sport. it's not your main sport, so we have to cut me a bit of slack. Um, 2020. <laughs> West Ham are finally going to go down. Do you think so? Yeah. David Moyes? Yeah. You've got a good play- lot of good players. Yeah, I, I want to see them go. I, I kind of want to you see want, them. You want to see West Ham? Why? Not on the gender, just... I think they need to go down just... We start. Hmm. Okay, interesting. I'm. I've got a list of all the teams here as well because I don't know them all from memory. Um. I don't. Obviously, I said I have high hopes for Leeds. West Brom. As far as I can tell, they're playing. They're playing good football now again. Uh. Not that old Tony Pulis rubbish anymore. But. I don't know if they'll have the quality to stay up again, so I think they're definitely going to be in the mix for relegation. Fulham, they got a young team. Scott Parker at the helm. Again, it could go either way. Uh, I'm saying the same as you, aren't I? West Brom and Fulham. I think Newcastle may be in danger. Uh, yeah, I hate to say it, I'm going to say... No, I'm not actually. I'm keeping faith in Newcastle. I think they're going to stay in the Premier yeah, League again. Yeah, you can't turn it back on them. Yeah. Um, Aston Villa. I'm going with Aston Villa, definitely. Fulham. Um, I'm going to go... I don't want to say West Brom. I want to see them actually do well for once. I'm going to say Brighton, unfortunately. Uh, don't know why, just got a feeling. Brighton, Aston Villa, and Fulham to go down. Um, 
a bit more to, on the Premier League before we move on. Quickly, just going to go through some predictions in terms of the player awards. So, I think I know two of your predictions for this already. Before. Just based on what we've talked about, but uh, who do you have winning the Golden Boot this season? Well, with or without Messi. What do you think is going to happen? No, nah, actually, Messi won't win the Golden Boot on his first season. He'll, he'll win it in his second season. So, I think it'll be... We had Vardy win it last year. We've got Bamiang. He's always up there. Salah, Mane, Kane. I'd like to say Mane or Aubameyang. I think that's a fair shout, Aubameyang. Because he's, he's going to be the main goal scorer for Arsenal. Arsenal have a good season. He doesn't play out and out up front though anymore, so... But yeah, I think he's still the designated goal-getter for the Gunners. I think that's a fair shout. I'm going to shout out... Has Mourinho ever had a golden boot striker in his team? I think he had Drogba. Drogba won it. Yeah, he's at Chelsea. Because I'm thinking Harry Kane. He used, he won like two in a row before. He was injured last season, so he wasn't in the mix. But or Aguero. But then there's Pep's rotation. I think I'm going to go with Mohamed Salah again for the third time in four years. Uh, I don't know why, just a gut feeling. Let's move on. <laughs> Young to player of the year? Young player of the year. Is Trent still eligible for it? I think they're 21, be, yeah. Yeah, you have to be 23 when the season starts. Oh, easy. Yeah, it's got to be Trent then, hasn't it? I'll say Foden. Well, Foden, ahead of Trent. Yeah. Oh, cause I think uh, if City win the title, then Foden, like you said, they play Foden. Again, if, if he gets the game time, yeah. he could be in there. But, but yeah, Trent's obviously the favourite again. Yeah. And what about normal player of the year? We don't know who won it this year, obviously. Well, Premier League. Well, they, 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 was... they not give it out. They didn't do the PFA awards, but who won the like the the, the bottom one with the box? The Premier League award was Kevin De Bruyne, but the football writers was Henderson. I think it could be De Bruyne again. Do you think so? It's been a while since we had a player win it two years in a row. I think Ronaldo was the last one. Yeah, I'll, I'll go to De Bruyne again. Okay, fair. I'm, I'm thinking Aubameyang. Even though I didn't say he'd win the Golden Boot, I think like... Just his overall effect on that Arsenal team, if they have a good season, he could be in with a shout. And then obviously another shout could be Messi. We'll if, see. If he we'll comes. see. Like Messi, I think he'd be the favourite, obviously, if he came. Do I think it will happen, though? I'm doubtful, so I'm going to go safe with yeah, that. Yeah, I'll put my prediction here. I think the Messi transfer, wherever he goes, will happen next season. I think... Um, in a year's time? I think they'll... they'll They'll make peace for a season, or they'll, they'll tell him, right, this is, too, this is too big a transfer to happen, you know, within a few weeks. This, this will be something that'll need to be drawn up for ages. There's a lot of legal things to yeah, sort out. Yeah, so I think they'll, they'll get it ready. It'll be similar to when Neymar went to Barcelona. You know, the, the transfers that you know are going to happen, they're, they're done. They're, okay. At the end of the season, he's okay. gone. It will also allow Messi to have, like, a farewell at the Camp Nou and stuff. Because, you know, he doesn't... 
no one, no one wants him to go, go out like this, just like not turning up to training and stuff, you know. And imagine if he came to the Prem and then there was no crowds, no one could see him play. Exactly. That'd be such a shame, so. Yeah, so he never really got that last game in front of the company as well. So, good shout that. So yeah, that's a. Uh, yeah, that's plenty of football talk now. I think Nissan wants to move on and yeah. chat about some things he's, he's more interested in. But yeah, we'll be right back after this. Hey, you. Yes, you, listener. If you're out there and can hear my voice, we'd love it if you could reach out to us on the socials and say hi. It's encouraging to know when people are listening and enjoying the show. We're at The Champions Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And as an up-and-coming new show, we're always looking to reach new listeners. So drop us a follow and enjoy the ride. Right, back to the studio, guys. So it feels like years ago when um, Rudy Gobert, the NBA player, tested positive for COVID-19, the NBA shut down a few days later. Champions League went with it, Premier League as well. But now, the world ended. After that apocalyptic moment, you know, when yeah. there's no pasta or toilet roll on the shelves, when we couldn't go, out, go outside our houses, a lot's happened since then. And I'd say some, some organisations and some, some sports have risen to the occasion, and some have either probably no fault of their own, felt the brunt of COVID-19 and, and, and also almost failed in this period. So we're going to talk about you know, the winners and the losers of COVID-19 in the sporting world, whether it's organisations, whether it's players, you know, there's been some sagas going on because of this. Okay. Um, so you can start, who's your, who's your big winner? I'd like to start with a loser actually. Okay. It's just popped into my head. I'm going to say a loser is Robert Lewandowski. Um, because I think he's been robbed of a Ballon d'Or in an era where the award's been dominated by Ronaldo and Messi. He's had a ridiculous season winning the treble with Bayern. So what was the reason they actually like? I, I didn't really get it. Why, why, did, why didn't they? They just said, um, because obviously the different leagues stopped at different times. Like some were continued, some were abandoned completely. So they said it's unfair to judge it. But still, he did get a Champions League medal and he got some a lot of TikTok views, but yeah, that's not... That's not <laughs> that's that was, getting to TikTok. Yeah, that's not... <laughs> uh, yeah, that's one loser for me, Robert Lewandowski. Well, the big winner for me, of course, has got to be the UFC. Just, they have, they have taken COVID to a new level. You know, Dana White was laughed at when he said, I'm going to put the Habib-Tony fight on during COVID, no fans. That didn't happen because Habib was trapped in the USA and... They were actually told to stood, stand down by execs at Disney. But one month later, they got an arena, they got a load of te COVID testing kits, a lot of PPE, a lot of you know, measures in place, and they've been putting on some of the best fights in, in their history. You know? yeah. like, I've seen no other sport put on events of their scale. You know, for example, Masvidal versus Usman, you had Ferguson versus Gagey, you've got coming up later this month, Adesanya versus Costa. Yeah, you've got Cody Garbrandt's coming up as well. This is good to watch. Just, Incredible, really. It was the first sport to come back as well. The, the first live sport, yeah. I remember, like, I was bored. Everyone was bored at the time, but it was trending massively on Twitter because everyone was watching and they it. And they put a fight card like that on as well, you know, like... And then Fight Island as well. Who can forget about that? You know, Abu Dhabi. They yeah. had a whole island to themselves. Exactly. Yeah, credit to Dana and, and Co. Because, yeah, they've done brilliantly. Yeah, what, I think it's... Sorry, go on. What, what's been your, like, most favourite UFC moment in COVID? I was just going to say, um, 
I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm a casual UFC fan. Like I know a bit, but I don't keep up with it like you do. Um, and I hadn't seen Justin Gagey fight before his Tony. Oh really? Right. So I think that was massive for him. Wait, yeah. Because he got all that exposure. It was the only sporting event going on. So I think along with the UFC, Justin Gagey is a massive winner. Because the way he won that title fight against Tony Ferguson, I mean, it's, it's just amazing. It's hard to believe that he still won it. Like the the beating he gave Tony. Yeah. And like, do you think he has a big chance against Habib? Like I asked you yesterday. Actually, are you nervous for Habib? <laughs> um, he's definitely got danger uh, written all over him. But uh, Habib's he's proven himself against some of the best in the world. He's up there in terms of the pound for pound rankings. He's in goat conversations. So I think he'll go in as the favourite, um, but there's always an outsider's chance. So this gives me similar vibes to, um, I don't know why, but when Amanda Nunes went up against um, Cyborg. Really? Because Cyborg has that danger, but then Amanda Nunes is this polished, you know, like she knows what she's doing. She's on top of her game. Uh, I know they have different fighting styles, but yeah, it just gives me different see, similar vibes. Yeah, I, I'm nervous for Habib, quite nervous, but I, th I think he'll, he'll get to it, you know, and eventually he will get get Gagey down and beat the hell out of him, basically. Yeah, I mean, not even a bear can stop Habib, so it's going to be difficult for Gagey, isn't it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Just touch on a few of the fights. Um, uh, DC, retired now, what's his legacy, and would you put him in the top five all time? Uh, I don't know about top five, because... I mean, it's a retirement fight, so I don't think the result matters too much. Um, but before the fight, I definitely had him up there in terms of the GOAT conversation. Uh, I will say that in terms of the big men of the UFC, he's yeah. definitely up there. Um, a great, great UFC fighter, a pundit, a commentator. Like, he's put his all into this business, and uh, yeah, I wish him a happy retirement. We'll see him on the commentary booth most fight nights anyway, so we won't miss him too much. Yeah. Uh, another, do you have any losers? Yes, I'll say one. I mean, fair enough, they were putting on shows throughout COVID, which is respectable. They didn't miss a beat. That's I true. We said UFC was the first sport, but they never stopped. WWE, WWE they, they never again, stopped. I'm, I'm not trying to cause an argument here, but is WWE a sport? A lot of people don't. It's sports yeah. entertainment, you know. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Fair enough, they put, on, they put on shows, but their big WrestleMania was in a little warehouse. <laughs> And yeah, it wasn't their fault, but it was still a big L. Like they couldn't. What could they do? They they couldn't have pushed it back because they would have. They would have been still off right now if they wanted to. But yeah, yeah, they they were. I'd say the Boneyard match with Undertaker and AJ Styles, and um, the Firefly Funhouse match with the Fiend and John Cena. They were brilliant. And Edge's comeback. Oh, Edge! Yeah, I feel sorry for Edge that he had to. Is go he gone now? Completely. No, I think he'll be back. I think I think crowds are back. Oh, and Orton. You can't. Orton was probably the winner. He's been playing, okay. hasn't he? WWE may have lost during COVID, but Orton was a winner. Randy Orton for sure. Was putting in the best, some of the best work of his career. You know, kicking legends in the head from Ric Flair to Shawn Michaels. Yeah, it just it made me realise because all these years, like I've been watching WWE for like fifteen years now. John Cena's always been the main guy or the Undertaker at times, but Randy Orton's always been there. He hasn't had long periods out where he's acting for a movie or he's hurt yes he's been very consistent and very, he's, a, like, he's a is he a 30, 14 time world champion yeah, right? he could, he, like he should he, be in the go yeah, conversation he should, be. he should be but yeah he's definitely um stamped his authority 
on the business again. He uh, took a clean loss to Keith Lee though at SummerSlam. I mean, um, payback. Did you hear about that? I, I saw that on Twitter. Yeah. Um, it won't. It won't affect him too much. Uh, when you've got a legacy like he has, I don't think it will. And moving on to another winner, I'll say um, Eddie Hearn, Matthew Boxing, Fight Camp. Oh, the, the little thing they did in his garden. They put on four four shows in the back gardens of the their offices, <laughs> and it, it was that you, you think it was quite stupid, but yeah, I know. it turned out incredibly. Yeah, it was and good. Like, obviously, obviously, it ended with Dylan White getting knocked out by Povetkin, which was mm-hmm. upset. That I'd say so, yeah. Especially with how the fight was going. What's, what's going on with boxing anyway? Because it, it seems like it's been a while since there was a you know massive. Yeah, uh, I know that's kind of a big fight, but the casuals like me. I'm just looking at some fights here. They're trying to get that big fight again. Like, there's still no none of the big stars like your AJ, your Furies, Wilders, yeah, yeah. etc. They've got Lomachenko fighting in October, but again, I I, I can't think it's the promoters more than the fighters just wanting to hold off. You know, Eddie Hearn even said it. It's very temp- it's very hard to turn down an AJ live gate. You know, AJ sells out stadiums. Yeah. They're going to lose a lot of money by just putting him in a, in a warehouse and with a ring. So I think they're trying to hold off for as long as they can. Because, you know, crowds could be back next summer. We'll see, you know, all the big, the big dogs back in it and selling out stadiums again. Could be a case that, even though we missed a lot of big fights this year, there could be double the amount yeah, next year. Yeah, could make up for it, hopefully. Yeah, okay. Um, one, I have a question mark about because it's only just coming back is tennis um there's been no grand slams this year and the us open is just getting underway now it's they had like a a small tournament last week or something just as a warm-up in new york um are some players opting out of it i'm sure yeah they have but um mr anti-vaxxer novak Djokovic is there world (laughs) number one um yeah, I'm, I'm just a bit curious because tennis is a sport where they can't have it all in one building. They, they have a world tour. They have yeah. to move country to country. So I don't know how that's going to work. I suppose something similar is Formula One. I'm just trying to look through the, the first round of... Um, Any big upsets? I don't think so. Uh, Federer's not playing. Nadal's not playing. Well, Federer and Nadal not playing? No, I think they're out with injury. And Andy Murray? Andy Murray's making his comeback after 20 months. Come that's on. A good that's luck see. to him. Uh, that's a good documentary you need to watch. Resurfacing by Andy Murray. Is that on Amazon Prime? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I saw it. That. We did talk about sports documentaries earlier, but two came into my head. That one and um, F1 Drive to Survive. And Outstanding. Uh, there's a test match one as well. It follows Australia. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it's called Test. Yeah, yeah. That's on Amazon, isn't it? That looks good as yeah. well. I've seen clips on YouTube. Yeah. Who um, needs Netflix shows when you've got sports documentaries? <laughs> don't even get time for Netflix either. But yeah, so tennis, what do you reckon? Because they have to move country to country. Formula One has it, but... After, what have they been doing? Formula One have been doing a few and... They did like three in the same country and then moved on. So they did two in Austria, I think, and then they had a couple at Silverstone. One was for the 70th anniversary, or 70th oh, yeah. anniversary. Um, and they're adding more races. As time goes on, they're just like adding things on to the end of the calendar. Hamilton's on fire right now. Like, oh, I can't stand him. Can I stand him? Why not? I know. <laughs> well, because because he always wins. A bit. There's a bit of that. Like he's a, my favorite driver is Vettel. So obviously, I'm not gonna like Hamilton okay, yeah, too yeah. much. <laughs> 
But yeah, it's, it's a bit upsetting to see how Vettel. I do think Hamilton's getting a lot of unnecessary hate though for you know who's standing up for racial injustice. You know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his Black Lives Matter campaign. But you see on Twitter people just calling him a leech. What for speaking out? That's yeah, not yeah, yeah. a trend. That's being a human and speaking out. And yeah, yeah, definitely. We can touch on that a bit later on about you know the measures like we we saw the strikes a few days ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, Actually, strikes. Now that you mention it, what do you make of the NBA's? Okay, here's what here's what I said. A lot of people were wondering, you know, why are why they're taking the game like not playing games? This is pointless. This won't do anything. But if you look at the players' perspective, they're locked in a bubble. They can't leave that bubble, so they can't go to any protests or do anything else outside of you know Orlando Resort. So the only action they could take, which would be significant, was to not play games, and that would put the attention on. You know what happens That's to a big thing to do, and isn't it? Yeah. I thought it was respectable what they did. Yeah. You know, I was really, really pleased with the NBA players because they've already got them. They've already got Black Lives Matter. They've got things they've on got their shirts, names and phrases on like, their shirts, yeah. and that still happened. So they need to do something more extreme. And there you go, they did it. Respect to them, and respect to them. They they came back and they're they're going to finish out the season. But that strike, like I thought, that was powerful. That was really powerful. Yeah, I think it's like. Certain players, I know all players obviously are invested in the movement, but players like Chris Paul, who's the president of the Players Association, LeBron James, he's a big leader in the league. I think it's just going to drive them to enhance their performances even more on the court. Um, sadly, we're Houston Rockets fans, so Chris Paul balling out isn't the greatest thing in the world for us. Is this going to be posted before Game 7? No, uh, so uh, if you're watching this, either Chris Paul eliminated the Houston Rockets in Game Seven, or it was a it was a his efforts went in vain. But yeah, he's had a good series. Let's just we'll just obviously we'll, don't want to speak too much because it's not happened yet. But if Houston Rockets get knocked out in the first round, yeah. that is a something's got to happen. Secret Agent Westbrook for the Thunder there then. <laughs> Pretty much. フェイムチ。フェイムチ。まあ、まだ変。アディアンドケイムス。そうです。ゲーム7。そう。はい、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ
40, 50 minutes. Might be the longest one. Just quickly talk yeah. about, um, we could cut this bit out, yeah. We might not. We might not, just keep it organic. But just um, going forward, a bit of a word going forward, how was COVID? And moving on, maybe a bit of encouragement to the viewers as well. Go for it. So, that's another podcast done. I mean, the world changed a lot in the last six months since the first set, first and second episodes. Hopefully it doesn't change too much for the worst in the future and we can just get back to normality. But of course, you know, sports are coming back. We're slowly getting back to normal, so fingers crossed that as we approach 2021, better things are ahead. And I hope all you, your, all you viewers, the one, two, three viewers in this podcast, um, your families are safe, your friends are safe. And yeah, you enjoy the rest of the sport coming up and well, you'll, you'll hear from us very soon. Yeah, and um, if you watch the video version of this, then don't forget, you don't have to stare at our faces. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that jazz. So yeah, you can subscribe to us on and there. Like, uh, comment and subscribe. <laughs> You've got to do that. Uh, yeah, I'll do that in a minute. Um, but yeah, also subscribe to my YouTube channel. Obviously, I am going to... I always end up saying this, but I'm going to try and upload more regularly. Yeah, you can, man. You can. Uh, I've got a few videos planned out. Um, but yeah, hopefully this actually ends up going out on the internet fairly soon. But yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks very much for watching. We'll see you soon. Take care and goodbye.